Vibe Talks. Vibe Talks. More than just music. Hey, everybody. This is Giancarlo Alino reporting for Vibe 105 with a Sports Vibe Talk segment where we're happy to be joined by our guest here. It's an honor to be joined by him. He is a Toronto FC legend. He's Justin Morrow. How are you doing, Justin? Hey, doing good. How are you doing, everybody? Nice to be here today. Yeah, and Justin, uh, we were talking before this, like uh, I asked you how the life of a retired player was, but uh, you were back with the club. Can you just share your new role with Toronto FC? Yeah, I landed in an amazing place. You know, the ability to have this this transition that I did off the field right into the office in a place that's been my home for a long time. Everything's going really well because I I have so many relationships with people here for for the amount of years that we've built up, a lot of trust there. So I know exactly where to go when I when I need things and who to go to. My title is technical development manager. So the gist of it is, you know, helping the academy players and and the homegrown players that make the transition to the professional side of things, helping them in their development, continuing development, because I think as we've seen, development continues even after you've signed a professional contract. It doesn't just end the moment that you transfer out of the academy. So just wanted to support our young players here in Toronto and making sure they're having the best impact and having long, successful careers. Yeah, I think that's a great title to uh, just have a player of your resume to come in there, all the accolades you've accomplished in the league. Who are some of the maybe front office people or coaches and players that were that role for you when you started in your career? Well, one of the the guys that we have here now, Jason Hernandez, he's always been a role model for me in, in my career. When I was in San Jose, he was there. He was captain of the team. I was just changing my position from midfielder to defender then. I, I had only done it for a season before I became a professional in college. And so he was a, a defender that had been in the league for a number of years, had a, a really great career, and most importantly, a really great personality, really great character, and kind of showed me what it meant to be a professional athlete, you know, habits, and even more than that, how to reveal your character and your personality on the field. And for me, that's what being a professional athlete is about. You know, you have to show who you are out there. And Jason was somebody that that did that every single time he stepped on the field. And he did that in a way where he was able to lead others. And then he, we rejoined forces in Toronto in, in 2017, had great success again. And then he preceded me in, in going into the front office and is blazing a great path. And, you know, having been someone that I've looked up to for a long time and, and leaned on for advice, it's really cool to be in the same front on office working together again. Uh, same thing as before when I first came into the league, when he was helping me out on the field, he's doing the same behind the scenes in the front office. And it's just great to, to have someone you know in my corner to be able to do that, someone that I know. And great that both of us can show examples for other players that want to have this type of pathway, want to continue to have an impact in the sport beyond their playing careers. Yeah. And like, just uh, talking about that, like you want to have this impact on some of these young players that come in and that feeling of when you step on the pitch for the first time, or just step in the locker room, when you made it to the senior team, do you remember your first game and just what you felt like when you finally put that Jersey on and uh, got your first MLS cap? Yeah, it was, it was baby steps for me. You know, like I said, I was transitioning in my position as I was becoming a professional, I had great professionals in front of me, guys that were very talented, guys that were playing for a, a long time, had very long careers. Some of the best to ever do it were in front of me. So I wasn't getting a lot of playing time in the beginning. The steps were, you know, getting subbed in at the end of a game. That was my first 
um, MLS appearance. I think I played 10 minutes and I was just going out there to do anything that I could to help us seal the victory. We were up 1-0 at that time. So we were just kind of holding on to the lead and I just had 10 minutes to run around and, and defend. So that was my, my very first appearance. And then my first start, I remember being on the road in Philadelphia and kind of at a time where the, the team was unbalanced and we were trying some new things. But again, having having guys like Jason and some other older guys to look after me being a really great experience. And I think these young kids in today's world are in a really, really great time because they're given the years like I was able to, to develop. You know, we have such a strong academy system that's continuing to grow here in North America with all the MLS clubs. And you can tell that it's a big part of our ecosystem here in MLS and the way that we want to do things. So, you know, helping them from the inside and trying to be a guy that they can lean on for advice, just like I had when I was coming up through the ranks, I think is going to be important for them. For those who are joining us here on Vibe 105, this is John Carlo Lino with a Sports Vibe Talk segment being joined by TFC legend Justin Morrow. And Justin, it's interesting, though, that you bring that up because the first game that you go in there, you're talking about like 10 minutes going down the field. And just fast forwarding now to the last game you played where you know it's going to be the end of your career. So you're putting soccer behind you. What's that feeling like going into your final game, going into the locker room and uh, knowing that after this game, your professional career is going to be done it's just a, a surreal moment i think um everyone experiences it differently for me it was just i was just so happy you know i never envisioned as a young kid having the career that i did the success that i did when i was young i played a bunch of different sports and i stuck with soccer football because i loved it you know like i i truly enjoyed having the ball at my feet and I loved it more than any other sport. And I kept on going because I loved it and I was good at it. But I never imagined myself as a winner. And I think the reason why I had 12 years as a professional, while you know some of my peers or, or other people that I grew up with didn't have those long careers is because I transformed into a winner. And I'm just at the end of it all, just really grateful for the experience, you know, for, for the chance to not only achieve my dreams in playing professional soccer, but to do it um, in some places where we, we won, you know, and, and had the experience of that and doing it from an experience of having a group from all around the world, you know, guys that you can't even speak to in the locker room, you don't speak the same language and you just figure out a way to, to transfer ideas onto the field and make it come to life and everything. I think it's just great life lessons for, for things that any, anybody wants to do outside of sport and making the world a better place. So for me, it was just overwhelmed with gratefulness to have that experience and then also do it at a big club and have the fans behind me and everything like that. It's just been a really good sense of community here. So for me, it was, it was happy, 100% a happy day. And just how would you best describe the TFC fan base? Because when you came into Toronto in that trade, like maybe you didn't have a sense of what it was going to be like, a lot of uncertainties there. And then you see this grow and see the MLS Cup, the Champions League run there. Just how would you best describe the fan base rallying around the team? 
I was just talking to my wife about this because now we're going to experience the city in, in a different way. And I feel like every couple of years, the way I experienced this city is different from when I first got here in, in 2014. The club was going through a big transition. We were getting big stars like Michael Bradley and Jermaine Defoe. And there was so much energy there that maybe the first two years we were on an upward trajectory, but we weren't achieving the goals that we had set out for. Then you transferred to 2017. 2016, 2018, uh, making it to finals, making it to championships and having the city still behind us like they always were, but even growing it even more. And, and that was just an incredible feeling for me. That's the story for me in Toronto and how I'll always remember the city is with the stadium packed, um, the team fighting for championships and something that I, as long as I stay here, we'll always try to to achieve and try to replicate those those moments. And now I'll be experiencing the city as someone who, who works in an office and pushing behind the scenes to do everything I possibly can to replicate what we had in 2017 and 2018 when the building is packed. You know, those, those memorable nights, the cold nights, the rainy nights, the nights where you feel everyone in the building at every moment. Those are those are special and that happens in a, in a beautiful place like Toronto. It couldn't be any better. And just even transitioning to the impact you're playing off the field, uh, Black Players for Change was something you're a big part of. Uh, for those that are listening to this that might not be familiar with it, but have heard some of the work that you're doing, uh, how would you best describe what Black Players for Change is and the origins of that and how it started? I think the first thing I would do to describe it is just say that we're a brotherhood of black players that came together in Major League Soccer. We came together in 2020 on the heels of, of George Floyd. And I think at first it was organizing just to have a community for each other, just to speak on things the way that we felt it, to, to express our feelings, to be with each other in a space that hadn't existed before. So first and foremost, it's that. You know, it's it's creating something that was never there before, a safe space for us. And then after that, it comes the fight for for equality and equity in our sport. Uh, we do it within Major League Soccer. We interface with the, the front offices of teams and coaches and chief soccer operators, as well as the league office there. And we do it within our sport and outside of our league, you know, uh, all across North America, we're, we're making an effort in local cities to make a change so that our sport is more inclusive. So there's a lot that we do, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But I think in the broadest sense of the terms, that's, that's what Black Players for Change is all about. And how has the reception been when you're dealing with the commissioner and all the owners of the teams there? Like, have you felt that it's been a positive direction you're going in or has there been maybe some of the things that you're proposing there? Like, has there been pushback in your opinion? Um, I wouldn't say pushback. I think at times things move slower than we would all hope, but the reception from the commissioner, the league, a lot of the team governors have been good. I think that's kind of the unique thing about Black Players for Change. I don't think in the past there was open lines of communication where the commissioner could hear directly from players about the experiences that they're having, nor the team governors. You know, We're really forging some true relationships with some of these team governors where we talk on a monthly basis, and that it's just not something that happens very often in professional sports. So the ability to create those lines of communication to, to give feedback a little bit quicker helps move things along. And I wouldn't say that there's been resistance. It's just said that things have moved a little bit slower than we'd all hope. But I think that's the, you know, that's the historical perspective of change. Nothing happens overnight.
Yeah, I agree with you. And like just seeing the Black Players for Change, like we're seeing more and more players open up about their experiences in the past. And as someone like yourself, when you're hearing other players, uh, this brotherhood of uh, going through this similar circumstances, similar tribulations that you did, like, does that make you feel like the league needs to change more? Or do you think it's on the right path to becoming something more inclusive for all the players? Yeah, I think it's on the right path. I think it, it needs to change. And I think that they're moving towards it. Uh, having something like Black Players for Change helps. It helps massively because I think we keep the conversation at the forefront. I don't think we let things die down. And that was one of our goals from the very beginning was to make sure that after this wave of protests and this wave of motivation that came from George Floyd in 2020, when we were all at home and we were sitting in front of our phones and we had nothing else to watch, we had to make sure that that continued. And so now we're almost two years out from that and we're still here. We're still fighting behind the scenes. We're still making campaigns for social media and we just are fulfilling our promise to not let it go away. And I think in those ways, we push things along. Every single time we have an opportunity, we're putting it on the league. We're putting it on the clubs. Um, you saw just this past offseason that we passed in our diversity initiative and, and made it a little bit more robust. It has some teeth to it, something that all clubs are going to start implementing now. And so we're just continuing. You know, We're continuing on the, the good work and the foundation that we built off of over the course of the first year and a half and making sure that this stuff doesn't die down. And like, has there been other professional sports leagues that have looked at you as a blueprint there and maybe asked you to come in and work with their uh, respective groups on trying to find something where their league is inclusive? Like, I know a lot of people look at the NHL as seeing maybe it's not the most inclusive at times. And uh, is that like a league that you'd like to see more of a voice in? Well, I think the cool thing about all of this is is being connected to other professional athletes and other leagues. I mean, there's no one that we haven't spoken to or, or been connected with. We see everything that's going on and we share information. You know, the NBA, for example, has a social justice coalition. So does the WNBA. And we see how they push things along there. And maybe we take a page out of their book one time, or maybe they see how we're doing things in MLS and they take a page out of our book. Um, and WSL has a Black Women's Players Collective who has been very vocal. And we know all the issues that have been existing in that league for a long time. And so I give them a lot of credit for what they're doing. And it's just really empowering and motivating to be in a group of athletes that are all speaking up, that are all organizing behind the scenes and trying to make change and i think in all of our little ways us doing it together has an effect on the leagues as a collective you know larry tannenbaum here in toronto he has his hands in the raptors in the maple leafs and toronto fc and he's a man who really cares about this stuff so yeah maybe a league like the nhl as a whole isn't living up to the standard that we'd all hope compared to what some of the other leagues are doing. But having an advocate like Mr. Tannenbaum in the position that he is can affect one team and then maybe it starts to spread from there. And so in all of these little ways, I think we are starting to push the needle. And It's great to have advocates like Mr. Tannenbaum involved. I agree with you. And it's a positive organization that was started. And I commend you for that, all the work that you're doing there. And uh, it is Black History Month, Justin. And just first, what does Black History Month mean to you and some of the role models that you looked at that maybe created this mentality that you had and brought into soccer? For me, Black History Month is two things. It's a, it's a celebration of where we are because Yes, there is racial and societal contention right now in the world that we are living in. But I think we also have to try to look at the positives to see how far we've come 
and to celebrate the freedoms that were allowed in today's society. And it's doing our diligence to look back at history and understand and acknowledge everything that it's taken to get us here today. And that's really what the history part about it is myself. I've been very fortunate to have a very uh, good education, uh, a high costing education, but there's still so much that I need to learn about Black history and something that I challenge myself with yearly, not just in the month of February, but anytime I can to, to learn about the struggle that we've he- had here in North America and our relationship with slavery and how our country has been affected by that over the course of over 400 years, but also in the great world, how have race relations shaped the world that we're living in? Um, it's something that I, I try to, to learn about all the time. And so for me, that's how I celebrate Black history. And it's um, every year I learn about someone who is, hasn't been in the forefront of things, not a Thurgood Marshall or a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. or Nelson Mandela, but someone who was organizing behind the scenes, who made a great effort, made a great sacrifice and helped in their own way to push things along. And for me, those people are just as important because any great leader has a team, any great leader does things with a group of people and it's not just individuals. And, and for me, I take a lot of motivation from those types of people as well. And growing up, uh, when you were coming into soccer, who was maybe a black athlete that you looked up to and maybe wanted to replicate some of their success in your sport? Um, Thierry Henry. You know, when I was growing up, I was watching Thierry play with with Arsenal, doing all the amazing things that he, he's done, watching him play for France. And to be able to have the, the transition from watching him to playing alongside him was, you know, one of the coolest things in my career. And I really admired the way that he's handled himself over the years. And I think it's important for young black players to see role models within the game, to see people that they look up to, to envision themselves in those positions. I never envisioned myself scoring goals like he did, uh, but I knew that I wanted to play as a professional athlete. I don't think I would have gotten there without having role models to look up to. Would you take away from that experience? Because Thierry Henry at that time when he's coming into MLS, like everything that he accomplished as a player, the Euro Cup, uh, World Cup, like what was that experience like? It was amazing. I, I think um, more than just his skills on the field is, like I said, the way he carries himself. And I think that there's a lot to learn about that, especially as a young kid that wants to be a professional soccer player. It's not just about what you do on the field. It's about who you are as a person. I think that's important. I agree there. And Justin, before we wrap up here and let you go, uh, how can our listeners and viewers here follow you on social media? Yeah, I would encourage them to follow Black Players for Change. They can follow us on the website at blackplayersforchange.org or on socials at BPC MLS. And yeah, we got some wonderful things coming through the works, good stuff coming through for Black History Month. And we're always active in communities. So please give us a shout and we'll be here for you. Highly recommend that follow. And uh, Justin, thanks so much for sharing your time and coming on here on Vibe 105 to talk about Black History Month and your career as a player. And we wish you all the best in your new role, now new chapter with Toronto FC. Absolutely. Thank you. And now back to your Vibe, Vibe 105.